Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 128, Expression Through Creativity. You may have noticed that the intro is slightly different. Well, actually very different from the normal podcast intro. And that's for a very particular and a very special reason. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But first off, as always... Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's podcast to The Positivity Effect. It means the world to me to be able to connect with you guys on this level, in this capacity, and to be able to spread the message of positivity and to have individuals on the podcast like the gentleman that I'm just about to bring on in a few moments. We need more messages like these out there in this world this crazy world that we live in. So to, I guess, repay me, guys, I hope that you're also spreading the message of positivity in your own lives, with your family, with your friends. With When I say the world, that doesn't necessarily mean in another country. It, it, it means in your own world because it, it all starts there. And, and that's how we create that ripple effect to make this, this beautiful world earth that we live on to make it a better place. So thank you guys so much for that. I have been slightly quiet. Well, actually I've been very quiet. And that's actually the second time I've corrected myself <laughs> on today's show. Uh, I've been a little bit quiet on the podcast lately. And that was for also a, a particular reason. I want to take some time to reconnect with myself and to reconnect with family and friends and just get back in touch with who I am as well as getting in touch with my work and keeping it, and keeping a good thumbprint on the pulse of, of my work and my business. But I'm back and I'm, I'm here to share a very special episode uh, for, I guess you would call this the re- re- reincarnation of the positivity effect today. And that is the gentleman that you're going to be hearing from in just a few moments. His name is Ryan Hunter. And you actually just heard his voice on the intro of this podcast. Ryan is the lead singer of Envy on the Coast, a post-hardcore band from my home, Long Island, New York. He's also the lead singer of his solo project, First Vows, which you actually just heard a little snippet of, of his song, Body Talk. Ryan is an awesome dude. He's super creative, and he's got some real big things going on in his life right now. And I can attribute that to the kind of person that he is, to his dedication to his craft, and to his work ethic of making impactful, meaningful music. I could say for the the kind of work that he's in, the line of work that he's in, making music, that's what brings people together when you put out a a song that that impacts people on a certain level, they're going to have no other option other than than to share that with other people because it's, it's just so powerful. I've been a fan of Ryan and of his band Envy on the Coast for many years, And it's an honor to have him now on this podcast and to have a conversation with him. Envy has gone through some lineup changes in the past year, which we don't really get into too much on this episode. But if you want to learn more about 
what they're up to, head over to envyonthecoast.com or search that name, Envy on the Coast, uh, with any social media platform like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, you, again, you can learn a little bit about uh, just what's been up with them uh, by just putting their band name right into the Google search bar, the Dr. Google. Obviously not Dr. Tom, Dr. Google. Ryan uh, mentions a release date at the end of the show for one of his new songs for First Vows, but that song will have already been out by the time this episode is released. So I encourage you guys to head over to firstvows.com as well to support Ryan's solo project. Some things that we're going to talk about on today's show is how and why Ryan gravitated towards music. We're going to reminisce a little bit on some early musical influences. We're going to talk about just being open to life, uh, open to one's journey and process through life and and what that means and what that meant for Ryan getting started. We're going to talk about how he approaches the use of a quote-unquote microphone in 2017 and we're going to delve into the mind of of a musician, of Ryan's mind and the creative process. And we're going to talk about so, so much more. It's just, it's truly an honor to share this, this discussion with you guys because I've been a fan of Envy on the Coast for such a long time and to be able to kind of jump into that that mind of Ryan and to hear how he uh, connects with his bandmates and, and just just to, to to talk to him, to hear what kind of human being he is. It's, it's really cool and I know you guys are going to enjoy this this episode. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the Positivity Effect, Ryan Hunter. Ryan Hunter, what's up man? Welcome to the Positivity Effect. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. And, um, I mean, music is everything. You, I'm, I'm sure you agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a beautiful I've, thing. I've based my life around it, so it's, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, we're going to get into the band. We're going to talk about what you're doing today and, and what's coming up. But give us a little brief synopsis first. You know, Tell us a little bit about Ryan. Why is music... Why is it your heart? Why is it your soul? And we're going to kind of expand upon that, but just kind of, let's take us back. Let's take us to early when those, you know, you first started strumming on the guitar and clinking on the drums and where it all started. Sure, sure. Um, I guess the the specific why would be difficult to answer since like most other people, when you're that age, you, you gravitate towards something, whether it be, you know, uh, a sport or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, and that was that from a very, very, very early age, I remember, you know, being more curious than most with music. And I wanted to play everything. Um, I wanted to learn everything. Uh, I vividly, I I remember realizing that I was a sponge for it too. Like I remember, you know, still to this day when I hear records that my dad played around me as a kid, you know, I, I I remember absorbing them on a very different scale, you know, um, Pink Floyd. Uh, no, see, my dad didn't play rock music in the house. He played all like Motown stuff and like nice. the early rock and roll stuff. So like, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. So I that's where the like, swag comes from in the voice. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I would say all that early, <laughs> like I, I, there was a lot of black music in my home. Like my, that that's was awesome. just what he liked, you know, he grew up in, in Bed-Stuy and like, you know, I think he got a lot of music from his friends, but like. Dude, the, the only rock records in my home were, were weird. It was like, 
the Eagles and Jethro Tull. It was so <laughs> not like Sabbath Zeppelin and all. And like then that all stuff. this just just Motown. Yeah. Soulful. So, yeah, so I didn't care. Like I didn't care about the Eagles or Jethro. I definitely didn't care about Jethro Tull when I was a kid. So uh, good music. So, good music though. Sure, sure. But when you're a kid, you're like, I'm all set on the flute playing. Uh, <laughs> off end, you know? Right. The so, 10 minute flute solo. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, it was Motown and um, I loved all that. So it was like, yeah, that was the earliest I can recall getting into that. Um, and then I was an athlete growing up as well until I was, say, it's probably about 12 or 13 when I got a guitar and when I found somebody to play with it's when I dropped everything in my life and just did music so it was like that was like the sorry dad I'm done with baseball done with soccer done with this done paying attention in class uh, I'm just doing this that's now. a beautiful rare moment you know because it takes most people till they're in their 40s and 50s to realize that yeah yeah I, um, it was very tangible with where, um, where you're from, where I'm from, like on, on Long Island, it, the, the timing of everything worked out that there were a lot of bands coming out of there and a lot, a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you guys were like, you, watching your band, you first started, there was just so much going on in Long Island. The, yeah. the scene, you know, we, the scene, the quote unquote scene, the music was just, it was so rich. There was so much going on. Absolutely. And it was like, it felt tangible. It felt like. I could do this, you know, like we're, we're going to, we're going to start a band and we're going to do this, you know. When you think of those early days in music, I know I, I got started playing drums in an elementary school just because I saw my brother doing it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then yeah. I, I did dive deeply into music and listening to blues and rock and what my dad would kind of play on the radio. No one right. in my family really ever played an instrument, but I always kind of like, for me, I kind of always felt it was my personality that I just, I felt different. Like I felt like I was one of the outliers in a way. Sure. And for, sure. for me that just anytime I would go home and, and even if I, when I first started playing guitar, I started in high school. Um, it was terrible, obviously, you know, it, it, for musicians. Sure. And we're going to talk about this too. I want, cause we talk a lot about, about, you know, about working hard and motivation and those, those, the, the stuff you do behind the scenes when nobody's watching. Sure. Right. When you, when you're, when you go out on the stage for you and you're performing, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Right. But when you're first starting out, those moments, like when you, you, you play that first chord that just sounds right or your, your voice finally does the thing that you're, you hear in your head or you think it's supposed to do, it's just a, it takes you to another place that, at least for me, and I know, I know from you just from listening to you sing live, it, it's, it, there's nothing else that can take you to that place. It's, it's a magic. You know, it's really special. Absolutely. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's a, it's a very unique feeling that I think once you get, um, you definitely, the whole thing becomes the chase for that. You just want more of it. Um, I actually started on drums. That was my first instrument. Um, so, uh, I know that feeling well being an extension uh, of that instrument first. Um, I got my first drum kit when I was in elementary school as well. And, um, I, I don't know what triggered it recently, but something reminded me a photo or I don't know what it was, but I was thinking back about high school and um, my parents were sort of old school. And I remember that I wasn't allowed out during weekdays. Um, you know, like my friends would get to meet up with their friends or whatever. I couldn't do that. Um, I could do what I wanted on weekends. But Monday through Friday, I would, I would get off the bus at 3.30 and I would come home and 
I would just go straight to my drum kit. And like, I just remember my parents, they would flick the light switch on and off for dinner time because I couldn't hear them because I would have headphones on and I'd just be playing along to records. Like, no, and I'm, like, mom, that I'm in the middle of writing a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, I wasn't even writing as much as I just, all I wanted to do was play. So I remember from 3.30 until about six o'clock, five days a week, that's what I did. I mean, I hated high school. So I came home and I would just play drums for two and a half hours until I was told to stop. And then I would eat dinner and I'd go upstairs to my bedroom and I'd, you know, do whatever I had to do study-wise or homework, and then I would play guitar until I had to go to bed. And it's crazy to think now, like, that was a lot of putting in a lot of work, but honestly, I didn't think of it as that. Like, it was all I knew, you know it, what it I mean? It was all you knew. Yeah. Were you working, at, were you working I, at the time and you were like, no, like, this is it. I have to, I have to go down this route with music. It has to be my I did start working pretty early, uh, like before I was probably legally allowed to be employed by a store. Um, I was working at a guitar store called Royal Music, um, which was in Merrick. Yes. And yes. I worked, it was on Sunrise Highway. I worked there for about six years. And rest in peace rest to Royal Music. Peace. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was there. I started just like, you know, cleaning stuff up, taking out the trash until I eventually was doing sales or whatever. And I just wanted to be around gear. I don't think I left with a paycheck for the first three years because I would just spend it all on gear. Like I would just leave, <laughs> I would leave with gear. You like, yeah, I don't hear you hear your boss's name. Just, just forget the paycheck. Just, just yeah. when you pay me, just pay me in gear. That's all it was. I would, I would, then I would sell that gear because I wanted different gear. And it was just like constantly learning about gear and buying gear. So, so yeah. So, but um, but yeah, the, I know the I know the feeling well. To the, not to get too off topic, but I, I it is definitely something I've chased, and I would say I'm very fortunate that I'm 30 years old, I'm making music still, and that I still get that feeling, um, because I do still get it. Right, and that's that like that feeling when, when, even when it's like really tough, that's the thing that you go to because that's what keeps pushing you forward. And I guess like the next kind of parlay, this next question is. I want this 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 episode in particular to be a message for the young kids out there starting to, to when they're you know looking for the thing that they want to do in life. Sure. There's so much. There's so much like noise out. I hit you know <laughs> use the pun noise because we're talking you know you're a musician. Noise sure. out there about which way and pulled and do this and do that and. I think the problem is just is patience. You know, a lot of kids today lack patience. Definitely. And thinking about you and your career, you know, just to share with everybody, like it's it's been a long road, and that long road though, it's it's been possible because you focused on something that you wanted to do so deeply. Yeah, I mean. If I'm being honest, it's it's tough to even speak to it from like a, um, you gotta do this, you know, like you, right, you know, because right. it's it's because it's because anytime I've gotten frustrated, like my my you know my fiance is we've been together for like eight years. She she's seen me at my worst, obviously, and like when I'm when I say I'm done with something, like when I've had it with some faction of what I've had to deal with in the music world like it's like 
less than 24 hours before she just like peeks into my studio and it's like, well, you're, you're still there and you're still <laughs> doing it, you know, like, and, yes. and, and I'm just, and it's usually like when I do some of my best work, when I've like given up and then I start again is like, that's like part of my process, which is annoying, but it is. <laughs> and, um, Those, the peaks but, and um, but yeah, of course. And so, yeah. So, I mean, as far as like advice in that respect is concerned, um, I think the best thing I could say is that like um, whatever you think your path is going to be, um, keep it a little bit open in the sense that like music has taken me through a lot of different doors that I never could have saw myself stepping through. You know, like, I mean, just for example, like the band that you found me through and beyond the coast, like we, we didn't play for seven years, you know, or whatever it was. And uh, during that time I kept making music and, I mean, music brought me out here to L.A. Music uh, introduced me to a whole group of people I would have never otherwise met, um, working on everything from, you know, shows, composing, doing whatever. It's like I've, I've just walked through a lot of doors via music. And I think it's important. I think it's important to 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 um, be perceptive to that as a creator and as a musician um, yes. is that like whatever you see yourself doing, like it's important. You can use that as drive to succeed, but understand that maybe that's just a stepping stone. Like maybe you're not going to be the singer of that band or whatever. And it was just so you can meet this other guy and start this project and, you know, be like water, you know, like that, that be, phrase, be, be like, like water. water. Is, is that, um, it, is that, uh, what's, what's his name? I think it's Bruce Lee. It's Bruce Lee. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so huge though. Like it's, it's, it's so important. I think, for staying sane, you know, there, and there's people, there's people out there who you, you know, who you hear who just like, man, I knew I was going to do it. And this is what I did. And this is how I got there. Right. And it's like, it's like cool. and it's so cookie cutter, which is cool. And it's sure. And it's like, but I don't know that. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think of me, like when I, when I first was really like, just so enamored with music and especially the listening to suit to likes of like, like of you guys and, we were talking about Bayside earlier, like just that, that Long Island scene where I just fell in love with the music. I remember like always feeling like, cause I would go home and I try to learn what you guys were playing and I would try to, and I just always had this like nagging feeling. I'm like, I don't know if I can ever, like, I want to get into this. I want to be a part of this somehow. Sure. And through that journey, that's what actually believe in our led me to audiology. And now I'm helping people hear better. I'm helping people that are, you know, have problems communicating and, it's been sure. such a beautiful kind of metamorphosis, and and now yeah, I mean amazing. it led to the podcast, and and here I am talking talking with you, which is really cool, and sharing your story, and it's be like water. Like I never could have imagined, you know, when I first, for example, saw you on stage, just just belting out on that stage, just just killing it, and I'd be like, man, I'm, you know, one day we're gonna be doing this podcast in my basement. You know, I'm gonna be in my basement, you're gonna be sure. in, your, in your place in L.A., and we're gonna be just having a great time on on, on totally. Skype, you know. Totally, so it's, that's a that's a great point. I love that. That it's we, we, none of us guys. We we don't have it figured out. It's it's. Yep. But you can have. There's going to be some direction. Obviously, we want to be completely directionless. But of course, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day about. He was talking about his I, his sister in law who was launching this business, selling some kind of like organic soap, and mm -hmm. he was explaining how she's so passionate about it and it was very healthy and was like literally the, the soap was amazing like it, it it had like it was made of like beeswax like everything was organic sure sure and it was her own proprietary formula and he said within six months she gave up 
because she saw some some competitor out there. And, oh wow! And I'm sure even like you said, those moments of you feel like, oh man, I don't know if my music is is worthy. I don't know if if there's an audience right. out there. I'm sure you've had those moments of ups and downs, and it's just sure, it's sure. Keep going, keep going back to that craft, and and he, the friend that he was talking about, he's a, he's a good buddy of mine. He was saying, he's like, it's simple. I feel to me, he's like, you just a keep improving your craft. Yep. B, you, you, and then the, the third, the third one. I actually, I'm, I'm blanking on the third one, but the second one was that you just be nice to people. You just do Definitely. the right thing, and I think for that translation in terms of entrepreneurship and business, I, what is that? What is? What would you kind of like translate that in, in the music world and change? Just be nice to people. Just, just keep honing your craft. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's interesting to to be talking about it today of all days because it just it feels like. Um, you know, in the current state of the media and everything, like a lot of people are getting outed for not being nice people. And, you know, I've, uh, I've noticed, um, you know, I, w I won't get, go into detail about that, but I'll, I'll just say that like, you know, a perfect example is when Brian and I sat down with Equal Vision Records and uh, decided to do our, our EP and uh, the full length that we're gonna be working on soon. Um, you know, I remember Francesca, who we've known since we're kids, who's, you know, she's been at that label forever. Um, we did our first tours ever, you know, and met her through those tours. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember her saying to me, like, almost in a state of like, exhaustion, she's just like, we just want to work with good people. You know, like, she's like, we just want to, we just want to make cool stuff. And we want you to make cool stuff. And we want to help you share that stuff. Like, we just want to work with good people. Like she's just exhausted by the lack of that, you know, and, and, it, and we felt privileged to be inking a deal with her and have somebody who cares about the project behind it. Um, and the same goes for, um, everybody who I work with, you know, like, uh, I was just doing an interview talking about, um, this label, nice life that, uh, I have some of my own stuff coming out on. And, um, you know, they asked me like, why, you know, why are you, partners with nice life on this and i was just like and it took me a second to like as i started to write it i was like wow like what a rarity that they're a label that i not only care about the artists that they're putting out um because they have ahmad royal who's a, become a very close friend of mine and collaborator they have lizzo who i think is an incredible artist um and they signed pussy riot who i think is amazing and is like saying things politically that i think are important and they're all great people and they're all making important work, you know, they're doing important work. And, um, it's a privilege, it's a privilege, but you'll see that those, those things become magnets and then people flock to those magnets. Like everybody who I've met, that's an extension of the nice life world. I have a relationship with today and they're important. They're my closest friends here in Los Angeles, you know? Well, while you were just talking about how, you know, that just being humble in that space, mm -hmm. it, it really, it, uh, a thought came to me just now about when I think of music 2006, we go back to that time and now 2017, yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like, like it's an, isn't it, it's unbelievable how much has changed within even the last year in terms of like how people are connected on social media, how the whole world is connected. Yeah. What is that for you being someone that, is using their voice to to put out a message 
you know, what, what do you, what, what do you comes to your thought in your mind? Like every time when you go up on a show now, knowing that, like how that, that, that quote unquote megaphone or microphone now, it's like, it's, it's, it's such a microphone. It's, it's amazing how everything is just so interconnected. I'm curious what that means in the music world today. Um, it's important to me. Um, it's, it's something I think I've struggled with at one point or another being as though as a kid you think you know everything and someone gives you a microphone and that could be dangerous <laughs> um i think my heart was always in the right place but I, i've always felt things very intensely and passionately um and then you get older and um it's been strange because like you said with social media it almost feels like everybody has a microphone and a lot of people have a microphone who shouldn't have a microphone <laughs> and <laughs> Um, and that's been, that's been weird, you know, that's been weird because, um, it's just, it's just different. And I've definitely had to, you know, Brian, my bandmate and I, we've, we, I I think we've, it's interesting because we've, we've, we've had our moments where we've wanted to speak up because we're from New York and we feel passionately and have loud mouths and with no filters and we, we want to. Um, and I think despite that instinct, um, in the past few years, more often than not, we've tried to sort of put our money where our mouth is and, um, affect change via action rather than preaching because preaching has become so easy for everybody. And using that microphone has become um, often empty, you know, as far as what you see and what you hear. So uh, it's been a struggle to sort of reestablish the relationship between, uh, you know, feeling that you want to say something or or, and and then figuring out what you should actually do about it. Um, And, yeah, I feel like more often than not lately, it's been like, let's do this because this is where we can actually make a dent in something and then when we get on stage let's just let the music speak for itself and let's let our who we are as people and the way we treat people let that speak for itself have you found that the the process of writing music like the lyrically lyrically that whole process has has it gotten more difficult or is it do you feel it's easier with that whole thought in mind um you know, the idea of, you know, when I sit down to write something, it's a very personal process and there is, I don't like having an agenda. It's a place where I can do and say whatever I want. And then whether I decide to put it out there is also my decision, but ultimately I don't want to be thinking at all when I'm making things. So. I don't, so I don't, you know, the, the part, I would say the, the larger part of my process rather than the physical playing or making music is shutting my brain off and then, uh, allowing ideas to flow through me rather than from me. Cause that's, that's where my favorite stuff comes from is the places I don't understand. Being you know? a closet musician, <laughs> I can <laughs> totally relate to that. I mean, I have a lot, I've written some stuff of my own and I've always found that when I was like, oh, let me put down in my schedule that after the, this long work day, I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to 
I'm going to write some lyrics. It, it never worked. It was always sure. right. Like it just came. It just comes at the right moment. And when it is, you'll how you were talking about earlier when you would just be drumming and then it was dinner time and then you're like, I'm going back down to drum again. I, yeah. I could think back when I still was living at home. When I when I when those moments would come, I would just have to capture it and say, I'm sorry guys, but I can't do anything else but this right now. Of course. There's a um there's a quote that uh I don't remember where it came from actually. Um I think it was in the Francesca Woodman documentary. She was a, a photographer. Um I think it might have been one of her parents who said it, but the quote is, uh, it was a, it was kind of like um, preaching to have a, a good work, eth- work ethic, which often becomes difficult as a creative if you don't have an idea. Like, like you just said, penciling in time becomes uh, something that works against you. But I always really like this quote. And he said, um, it was something along the lines of, uh, you show up to the studio and you hope you have an idea. If you don't have an idea, you sharpen pencils. If you sharpen pencils long enough, you'll have an idea. And that's, that was huge for me. Like, like just the idea that it's like, well, just show up and be the, you know, hope that you're going to be the vehicle that day. But like, you know, if it's not hitting me right then and there, I don't bang my head against the wall. And instead I work on something else. I tinker around with drum machines. I learn something on my synths. I practice, I do whatever. And then eventually something hits and you're there to receive it, you know? So it's like, you still have to show up. Um, and I think that's the important part. Where, you know, when you, that flow, like when you get into the flow and you feel that everything's just rolling, where, where does it start for you? I know for me, I'll, I'll pick up the guitar. That's usually where it starts for me. Is, is it different every time or do you kind of have like a go-to instrument or you just start like totally different vocaling? every time? Yeah. Totally different every time. Uh, when I was, and I'll go through periods where an instrument will be a thing for me. Um, and periods where I can't write on a specific instrument. Um, with writing with Brian, we've always started with me on drums. Um, for whatever reason, when it comes to us making rock music, it's very difficult for us to sit down with like a guitar and write a song from scratch. It always has been within the context of that band. Um, so like our creative relationship has sort of been predicated since day one upon me sitting behind a drum kit and playing and then him playing over me and us building from there. Um, very occasionally I would bring a chorus idea or something on a guitar and we would build from there. I'd say more often than not, it was rhythm. Um, and for a while, my stuff at home was the same drum machines, uh, samples, drum breaks, things like that, that I would work off of. Um, and it's only been the last few years that I've started writing from different places or gaining inspiration from different places and able to start from a different, you know, jump off point. You mentioned your, uh, the solo project. I, I love first vows by the way. Thank you. Um, thank you. It's a cool, cool little thing to share with you. Caveat to share. Um, you know, are you familiar with that bridge that it goes? I think it starts in North Carolina or Maryland, and it, it could take you all the way. It's it goes over the ocean. It goes towards the like the beaches of Maryland and and Ocean City, uh, Delaware, and and Fenwick Island. It's very long. I it's like a few so. miles. You literally have to drive on for like an hour, and it's like single yes. lane. Yes, yes. So, There's a similar one down in New Orleans too, I believe, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. And you know, so I guess where I'm going with this, you know when you, you there's just there's certain music you throw on at a 
I guess you're whether you're on a vacation or something, and then anytime you hear that music again, oh yeah, poof, takes you. I had Absolutely. first vows just just rotating that entire oh, trip. That's wild, and it was sick. It was like this. Like I'm trying. I'm I'm blanking on the the exact name of the song right now that I had kept repeating, but it was like I'm like doing planting this vista, guys. Right now, like you was looking out, like the sun was <laughs> up, and it was just single lane traffic. Everybody was. Uh, everybody was driving really fast, right? <laughs> single lane traffic, right, right, right. And it was just, it was like the perfect day. And now when I yeah, when that song awesome. comes on, I'm like, boom! Oh, it takes me back to that vacation. So it really is wild how is. how how you can connect to those. Um, I was reading an article recently around the time of Halloween that someone did a whole study on the Monster Mash because it's like obviously the most famous Halloween <laughs> song, and it's kind of the only one. Like if you put together a Halloween playlist, you're gonna have trouble. Like why haven't you like guys covered together. Monster Mash yet? I don't know, man. There's a huge, huge gap in the market for it. There is. Um, but it was like, what was interesting is someone broke it down musically and was like, all the chords in here, like it's a positive chord progression. It's like kind of hokey. It's this <laughs> and that. There's nothing about it that's like inherently Halloween or creepy. It's that all of our memories are tied to it because it's the only Halloween song. And like, it makes it's not it creepy. Like, be like, yeah, it's like, oh, that's Halloween. That's the sound of Halloween is that song. Yes. That's crazy. It's a trip. It's a, it's trip. a trip. Yeah. That's awesome. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird, and I, it's it's cool though because it's like it. Yeah, you can tie memories to. It's amazing how that those two parts of your brain connect. Uh, but yeah, awesome stuff. Yes. Uh, is there? Uh, I guess a little side side note. Is there? You got some new stuff coming out with with first vows? Yes, uh, I got a new song coming out on Friday. Ooh, and excellent. Uh, yes, a new one on Friday, and then another new one, uh, first week of December, first or second week of December, and then. The rest of the EP, I haven't figured out a release date for, but uh, probably January, uh, January cool. or February. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. So I want to ask you a couple couple more questions. This has been sure. been great, Ryan. Um, could you share with us maybe like, again, with, with you know, as much as you want to share, maybe like a time in your life, a tumultuous time in your life where the music writing, like some real powerful stuff came out of the writing, maybe because there was something either you were going through or maybe somebody close to you was going through, and and the music was it was the outlet. I mean, music is always the outlet for us as musicians, right, right. but just something that really kind of peaks in your mind when you think of it. I would say um, the most, like the most sort of life saving um, experience that I've had with music would still have to be going back to those high school, early adolescence uh, years. Um, you know, that's not to say that I haven't had those moments uh, later in my life via writing or um, or even with records coming to me and me experiencing records that way and them sort of feeling like they saved me. But when I see... Um, when I see other kids who... You know, like I was bullied as a kid. I went through you know, all that stupid nonsense, the stereotypical crap that you'd go, that some kids go through in high school, like I had that. Um, and it sucks, you know, nobody, uh, there's nothing romantic about it. Like they romanticize it in television shows and stuff. And, um, you know, to give you an idea of how, how much it sticks with you, like I just did this solo trip up to Sequoia uh, National Forest and, um, I just wanted to hike. I wanted to do like, you know, eight to 10 miles a day. So I stayed in this weird, um, 
like family hotel sort of thing. It was like a, it was sort of built for hikers and families and stuff because it's like large group setting. Awesome, um, yeah. So it's like a free dinner every night and there's this big That's cafeteria. Awesome. And I go to sit down, I'm exhausted. And like there's this huge, you know, boisterous group of these dude hikers and they're like, you know, college bros. And, and I'm, on, I'm on the line to get food with my plate. You know, and there's like these 16 dudes like punching each other and, you know, like stoked on their hike. <laughs> and like, you know, bear in mind, I'm there to like get away and have peace by myself. They got the football team on the back of their jackets. Yeah, exactly. And like, and I don't care. But um, what was interesting is that like I'm on this line and I felt my body tense up like, oh, my gosh, like I'm in high school again. Like I'm on the lunch line. I'm right going to get I'm gonna, and it sucked me right back. And. The reason I bring that up is because if I didn't have the outlet that I did, I have no idea what I would have been doing. Like, like I said, it was, I was on that, like the minute the bell rang, the headphones went on. The minute I got off the bus, I was at my drum kit and that schedule repeated itself until Friday every week when I would hit up my buddy, Justin, and I would go to his house and we would write songs and we would just try to get it all to happen, you know, and that, that went on, that was six, seven years, of, that was seven years of my life because I, I was in college for a year before we started touring and it was the same thing in college. Um, and yeah, if I didn't have that, that outlet, I, I have no idea. I, I could not tell you where I'd be, what I'd be doing, what would have come of me. It's, you know, it's I, amazing I, that 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 you know the that experience molded this work ethic into you too for for the craft that you love we want to talk about before with, with when we were making that that point to especially the young listeners that you guys are listening to the show about when you find something and you do it and you want to you want to follow through with it and it's it's not all these glorious moments like we're talking about you yes there's some awesome moments where you're you're playing out stage and there's there's people connecting to your music but there's sure. so many more moments in between when oh, yeah. you said you're late nights, you're tired, you're trying to write a song, it doesn't work, you throw it out. There, the band is, you're doing stuff with the band that were different ideas and, and not everything's always clicking or it is clicking. And there's just so much that happens in between. Absolutely. And, and that whole Absolutely. experience for you kind of, it, 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 it's almost like you were, you were, you had that entrepreneurial mindset or you, you, you were, so focused on what you wanted to do without even kind of realizing in the beginning. And now I'm sure as an adult, you can look back and be like, yeah, I have this work ethic that it, it's it, it like we were just talking before we got on. Like you were like, I'm super busy today in the studio. You know, there's a lot going on. You're always, always pushing because you always want to just keep honing that craft. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's weird, man. It's like, like I said, it's, it's, I hesitate to even advise only because it's like when I throw it against the wall and I'm like, screw this, I'm going to do something else. Like I just end up back there. And it's not because it's like more lucrative or healthier than something else. Like right, it's like, right. I just, I go there cause I just, there's something in me that tells me to go there. You know, it's like, it's really weird. Um, but I'm thankful that there's been enough in my life that, um, has validated, you know, given me reason to keep going back there. Cause then it would, it would be detrimental if there was. I think that's the most important thing today is is that you have to go towards the thing that is value. I mean, yes, we yeah. have to pay yeah. our bills and we got to put clothes on our body and and uh you know, maybe a, a few nice things here and there. You're saying uh your paychecks were covering <laughs> covering the gear. 
right. back in you know back in the day. But it's like when when you just when you look to create value in this world, whether it's through music, whether it's through helping somebody transform their body, if you're, you're a coach at the gym, whether it's uh, you're an accountant, it doesn't matter what. Whether you're an audiologist and you're helping people yeah, get better, yeah. it's just it's putting value out there. And then you of said course. all the yeah the, the validations those things kind of come with it as, as a result, but it's just doing it's doing the right thing. It's such a it's yeah. a simple sentence doing the right thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. I think people try to complicate life sometimes. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. But uh, me too. But uh, it, I was complaining I about my that's... fridge breaking earlier. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a it's a problem, but it's not something I, sh- I shouldn't be complaining about it. No, I mean, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's very, I've been like I would I would say I've only recently started to learn how much of the. I could spend twice as much time, or I could sorry, I could spend half as much time, just getting my head right, um, and be twice as productive with my hours in in my studio than if I just wake up and go in there and. I'm like, I'm going to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, you're like, it's, I'm going to hit the studio 4 a.m. till 11 and I'm going to yeah. pump out this. It just, it probably would never work. No, like you said, patience and perspective and just using, you know, you more than anyone would know using your ears. Like, I, I say that to so many people and so many musicians, like, because I feel like so many of them are playing and like not actually listening and not actually receiving things. And, you know, and um, that's huge. Yeah. And it's, it really is like so much of what I've learned has just been via just listening and feeling, you know, um, just being that sponge. Um, but yeah, like getting all of that right is so important and, you know, blocking out all that noise so that you can just be the vehicle for something magical to happen is, um, is huge. Do you think you've always kind of been more in touch with like just the emotional side, emotional being? of you of other people or is that something more just through life it's kind of molded and uh, come out of you no no i've been like that since a kid um i definitely like as much as i was an athlete um I, like at the age when it when it got intense and it was fight or flight like i was i was definitely not i didn't have blood in my eyes you know like i i i've been always emotionally in touch with myself and um you know, empathetic and, um, yeah, that's definitely guided a good portion of my, of my life as being that type of person. Would you feel like the music for you and, and Brian, that it's a lot of what's going on inside you guys, or, or do you also, do you create scenarios? I know there's different people that have different things where they'll actually create scenarios that people can mold and when they're listening, they can relate to, or is it, is it real stories? Or are you connecting with other people's stories? A lot. Um, with Brian, I would say anything we've done with Envy, if you're speaking in terms of like nonfiction versus fiction writing, um, we've always written from a very personal place um, or an observatory sort of place um, or observational place, whatever the word is. Uh, you know, I think that'll continue on this record. Um, for my own stuff, I've found I've dabbled a bit in it's it's weird man because it's like like I said I don't I, I don't sit down with an agenda so I've noticed like 
I'll finish something and I'll look at it and realize that like a line came from this personal thing from eight years ago. Another line came from something I wrote on a train that's been on my phone for four years. Pull and then a napkin another out line. from 10 years ago and you're like, that, yeah. that makes sense now. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it becomes this collage and all of a sudden when you're there and everything's hitting at once, you suddenly have the clarity of where to put it all. And in order to feed this overall feeling. So it's not like that, like, I'm gonna sit down and write a song about this and I'm gonna make sure that my point gets across this way, you know, as much as it's like, how do I capture something and, and also, um, how do I portray this feeling, whatever this feeling is that I'm trying to put out there? So there might be this intensely personal line accompanied by something that isn't from the same story, you know, necessarily, um, but it all feeds that feeling. It, it, and then the, it's that feeling, too, that you're feeding. I found for me with this, the stuff that I kind of do, uh, you know, again, I guess, uh, what's the, again, the closet musician, I, I sure. Um, I've noticed too, as, as I get better at the craft or if, if I, you know, the vocal, if my vocalizing is incre getting better, my, my voice sounds better, that going to that place, it just gets, it, it's like a bottomless pit. It just keeps getting deeper. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Cause you, now that you're better and your skills are tighter, you can just, your mind and where it was, you can go even deeper with what your original thought was. And it, it really is. It's just people, oh, you know, I've had conversations like, isn't there music going to run out? No. Cause it's like, it's just a bottomless pit. And yeah, it's so unique that you can just keep going and going and going and visiting songs especially, that were a while ago. Yeah, especially when you when you work with other people too, you find that you know somebody's been working with the exact same tool that you've been using or whatever, and you watch the way that they use it, and it just it widens your perspective and horizon so much. Um, you know, working with other producers out here and other musicians, like it's incredible, like how how much I didn't awesome. know how to do two years ago that like I would have been, it would have been daunting for, you know, to get a job doing something or whatever. And I would have been like, I don't know how to do that. And I've learned just from, you know, amassing those skills, watching other people trading ideas and stuff. And certain suddenly the impossible becomes like a thing that you're like, yeah, I do that in my sleep, you know? Right. It's, yeah. Well, everybody thinks it's like this automatic thing, but it's that it's that those those the grind of, of of honing the skills and getting better at and so you 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 said that you started with the drums yes uh, most a lot of people when they think of envy on the coast they think of your voice mm -hmm. when, when did the voice become something that you focused on really deeply and and it was like i have to i this is i love i love getting my emotion out through my voice um it wasn't something on necessarily thought about it was both cases of me getting in both me getting into singing and then both me uh, I would say both me getting into singing and then focusing on it uh, or owning being that guy uh, were more out of uh, being coerced to do it by the people around me <laughs> like court necessity um, like you have to be yeah. the leader <laughs> So, so the first one was in my first band. My bass player was like, yo, he, he can't sing. You have to sing. Like we were both singing, like me and the other guy. And, and he was like, you were on more, more on key. 
they were like, he can't, like, he wants to be the guy. He wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the backup, you know. And, like, no, and, no, put me in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to write songs and sing backup. And then they were like, we were just a punk band, you know. I wanted to be the guy that yelled a few words here and there. <laughs> and, um, and he was, and they were like, no, you're the guy. So that, it started then. And then even with Emmy on the Coast, it was interesting because Brian, Sal, um, our old guitarist and keyboardist, like, he could all three of us could sing oh yeah you guys would harmonize right definitely so the 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 interesting thing is that when we first started the band there was this very idealistic idea that um all three of us we weren't going to have a lead singer and all three of us were going to share the lead equally and everybody was going to write songs and you sang your songs and that you know we instrumentated whoever's song was up next and that was like the initial sort of idea um, because it was Brian, myself, and Sal, and we all played guitar, the idea was if I was playing guitar on one of my own songs, Sal was going to play keys on whatever that song was. Uh, we quickly realized that that wasn't going to work because keys just didn't find their place into our music early on. And it was like, well, that sounds terrible. So we'll just have three guitar players which also sounds terrible if you, unless you're like the Eagles or, you know, <laughs> but uh, it all comes back to the Eagles. It always, I was just going to say, I brought <laughs> twice today. I am, I guess I got to go listen to the Eagles. Yeah, um, you're being called, Ryan. Uh, so, so then I, I remember getting this call and Brian was just like, yo, you're the lead singer. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's just like, yep, you got to put the guitar down and do the thing. And I was just like, I don't want to be a front man. I don't want to be that guy. And he was like, guess what? You're good at it and you're going to do it. And, and you're going to be that like, guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, I was like, I know, man. Like a, the guitar was like a security blanket, you know? I didn't want to put that down and just be the guy. And he was like, well, that's unfortunate because you were given the gift and you're the guy. And I was like, okay. I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> so, uh, so that's how it happened. Um, and then as far as focusing on it as a craft, I honestly, it's another one of those things where I just, I looked up to a lot of people who were great singers and it wasn't so much as I was like, I want to be the best as much as it was just like, emulation. I want to do that. Yeah. Like, I want to do what that guy's doing. Like, I, I want to be like Mike Patton. I want to be like, you know, um, I don't even know at, the, at that age. Uh, yeah, like it was just like, I just wanted to be good at it. Who's the singer and, from the uh, Eagles? <laughs> yeah, Don Henley. Don, Henley. Don Henley's great. He's solid. He's solid. Uh, he is solid. Um, yeah, I grew up on a lot of female vocalists too. So it was like that That was huge for me. Um, I remember like Fiona Apple, Lauren Hill. Uh, these were all oh, women yeah. who can sing, you know. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I feel like, yeah, that, that's that was – that was sort of it. I, I and I and I never, you know, I, I I saw Melissa Cross, who was my vocal teacher back then. Um, she more or less helped me to do what I do on stage every night. Um, to give you the the, was, the, the like the, the vitality, like just to keep pushing and keep going. That like taught me like how you can last for an hour and a half set. Uh, she taught me the mechanics of what was actually going on in my body, so that I could you know, more safely, uh, rely on them and trust them rather than constantly pushing too hard. Um, but I never really, I never studied in the way that like, you know, like any holiday that comes around and like your family who doesn't see you is just like, you should go do the voice. Are you still <laughs> doing the music? Like, go do the voice. You're, you're so on key. 
Yeah, and it's like now, like aside from the reasons that I'm not doing the voice and whatever, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not that guy. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't do vocal runs. Like I, I've always focused more. You don't on, want, you don't want Blake Shelton to turn around. <laughs> no, I mean, if Blake wants to turn around for me, that's fantastic. <laughs> but um, I've definitely been way more interested in. Um, you know, the voice as like an instrument and a tool than like being the best singer, you know? Right, um, right. I've always wanted to convey emotion. You know, like I, I often see bands out here actually uh, in LA and it's so easy to tell when a vocalist is trained. Um, often it's a detriment because it's like, yes, yes. You're watching Broadway and not emotion. Yeah, you know? yeah they, can't, like, they can't, they can't, because ah. sometimes the best moments come out of like that where you're like, you're slightly off key and then you come back and it, that's the best stuff. Yes, yes. Those are those are what you live for. So, so that's an interesting. Sort was it of thing. Uh, Radiohead? Then he he basically sang off key, in in a way. It was a very uh, interesting. I don't know. It was uh, a very interesting way he sang. His his. Yeah, definitely. Well, sings, I would say sings. he's he's not a trained guy. That I, I doubt that. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of my favorite vocalists. Had um, any any serious time where where the vocals were, you know. It, they were gone or you, you were having trouble with them? Yes. So I started having vocal troubles. I don't remember what year that was, probably like 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. No, 2008 or 2009. And, um, uh, discovered that I had acid reflux, um, which was, um, it wasn't damaging my cords. It was just sort of charring everything around my cords. Um, and caused me a lot of problems because I was then pushing too hard to compensate. Uh, started getting the development of a small polyp on the vocal cords, had to cancel a tour, do about 10 days of rest to avoid surgery, which I did. Um, and the bigger problem was that after that whole episode, I just got super in my own head and paranoid. And, um, you know, I, I was just like, insane with meds and diet and all that and um eventually my melissa my vocal teacher uh when we canceled another string of dates i went to see her and she was just like listen to me like she she teaches a lot of guys in the metal world so like she was like my job is to get guys on stage who like have been doing drugs all night and are we're at a strip club or something and like haven't slept in 48 hours like you're fine. I got to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you're fine. Like you need to go have a drink and smoke a cigarette or do whatever it is you need to do to like Relax. let go. Yeah. yeah. So, so she sort of, you know, she didn't sort of, she saved me in just like taking the weight that I was putting on my shoulders and, you know, driving myself nuts. Um, and I've been good since then. I've been That's awesome. I like I awesome man that's I I think of my just me too I've really gotten into now that I guess my career is starting to move forward I I've I've gone back to my music as well because it did take right. a little bit of a, a backseat for a while and just getting really I I connect with a vocal coach and I I same thing I don't I'm not looking to be like the best singer but I just love connecting with music emotionally in that way and like for right now, you hear me sniffling this whole this whole episode, sure. and the last few days, like yeah, I, I, I've definitely been in my head because like when when you when you lose your voice as a singer, it's like it, it, when people see you on on stage, they're like, 
I, I think you can have this thing like, oh, the person's so gifted and like they, their voice is like that all the time. And there's moments when you're sick, when you're not feeling well, that it's, yeah, you know, it's it's going to come out. It's going to come, come in and out. And it's just kind of pushing forward. And, and like you said, not getting too much inside your head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so many tours I've had to spend in silence because the only way that you can really do anything when you're sick because you're, you know, like if you have a sore throat, your vocal cords just swell up. It's just what happens. And the only thing that you can do is go on vocal rest. It's the same thing as like if you sprain your ankle, the only thing you can do is put it up, you know, and put it and stabilize it, put it in a cast, whatever. Like it's, it's a similar thing. Like talking is the equivalent to just like slamming that ankle on the ground like and 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 then performing is like taking a hammer to that ankle. So, <laughs> so the only thing you can really do is vocal rest and it's funny because with the social media um i've noticed more and more people now know what vocal rest is because like artists will you know tweet out and say like you know uh I'm resting. i can't talk like i can't <laughs> talk at the meet and greet or whatever and i'm like oh cool people know what vocal rest is now because it's been so long where i used to have to like hold up signs on tour and then like i, I can't order a sandwich right now because <laughs> i can't talk i'm just gonna hold a sign to say i want a burrito right now exactly i think exactly. of like john mayer i couldn't imagine like how he was out of commission for a long time and was he I, I think it was like a year or something and and they wow taking like injections in his throat and everything and that's yeah it's it's to to be taken take the thing away from you that that you've worked so hard at that's that's tough it's frustrating it's super frustrating when you're like you know you're around your bandmates and you look at them and they do a few stretches and they grab their guitar that they're you know the tech tuned and you're ready to just roll and and you (laughs) want that yes and you're just like i am you know i already feel like i'm at 75 percent, and i want to you did yoga for an hour that that morning yeah and it's like you want to give people 100 percent every time and sometimes your body won't let you and it's so hard so mentally difficult yeah it's 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 very difficult absolutely ryan this has been awesome i'm super grateful to come on and to share your story um, it's my pleasure, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for having me. L- absolutely. Uh, I'd love for you to share really quick just some stuff you're excited about. I know there's some shows coming up. Uh, I'm going to be yes. heading out to one of those at Long Island. But yeah, just tell us kind of what's what's in the uh, in the docket for, for you, for Envy, for First Vows. What's going on? So for First Vows, I have a new song coming out this Friday. Uh, you can follow me at First Vows. It's the number one S-T, Vows, V-O-W-S. Uh, find me on Twitter, Instagram, same thing, Facebook, all that. Um, new song Friday, uh, Envy on the Coast. We're going to be doing some shows, holiday shows in December. I believe it's the 20th in Boston, 21st in Jersey, 22nd in Brooklyn, and 23rd on Long Island. I think I got that right. Excellent. Um, if 24th is Christmas Eve, I believe that all of that is correct. And um, you can follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, NV on the coast. Um, yeah, that's all. That's new all new album. Stats. You said full album coming out too, right? Yes, we're working on it. Uh, we're, you know, slowly going about it from opposite coasts, trading demos, all that. And then eventually one of us will make a trip to the other, or I'm sure multiple trips to, uh, to actually work in the flesh. Um, but yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm looking forward, man, to see, to seeing you out and uh, just going crazy on on Wanton. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while, and uh, I definitely need it. You know. Any any crowd surfing in, in the old age? <laughs> oh, I would love to. If everybody can still hold me up, I'm down. Excellent. <laughs> we'll have to see. Hey, man, I want to um, 
I want to embarrass one of my my close friends real quick. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, it's it's her birthday today. You know, with Love this embarrassing. Yeah, people. of course, with this episode coming out, so. Steph, we're we're gonna sing happy birthday to you, babe. Uh, you know we we love you. You know and uh, you know we know, we know you're a fan. So uh, obviously of uh, of Dr. Tom on the podcast and of, and of, uh, of Mr. Hunter over here with Envy. So I'm gonna kick it off. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, <laughs> dear Stephanie. Happy birthday to you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Stephanie. Yes. Awesome, man. Ryan, I am pumped to share this with the, with the audience. I think everybody's going to love it. This was great. Uh, awesome so talking to somebody that's creative, uh, you know, that's that's out there and that's that's doing it in, in the real world, not uh, in the in the. In the, in the fake world, in the uh, <laughs> in the digital space, so that was awesome, man. Really, uh, a pleasure. And yeah, we're uh, we'll all be watching to to see what's coming out, and, and you guys got coming down the pipeline. Thank you, thank you again for having me, Thomas. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. All right, have a good one. <laughs>